This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. And for people who want common sense guidance on how to build green and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Send an email or call into the show. The Mighty House crew is on the job. This is Mighty House. Hey, back one more time. We made how it. How you doing, Ron? Good. What? Look at this. Look at this place uh, they picked out for us today. This is a nice. I know, it's a nice cabin. Nice cabin. The Chinking's in fine shape. That's it, and yes, and uh, the fireplace is very nice. Got a place to cook something there if we want to. We get a little hungry later. It's gonna be. This is a nice place. Yeah, Rich is After drying out his t- tobacco back there. I think oh he's yeah, been working on some some bowls behind him. Yeah, right here, and yeah, it, Rich, come on over here towards me, and you'll see the bowls that are behind you. Go the other way. Go the other. Yeah, like right there, right underneath <laughs> your arm. Yeah, see, look at that. See, there's a, there's a place to sit down. We, uh, this yeah. is an awesome place, Danny. It's Thanks for nice picking cabin. this up. Get some whittling in. Oh, it's just it, down the street. It's no, a little no, drafty, though. It's not whittling. Oh, would you do the, it, it's, do the bowls? It's, it's whittling. Whittling. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, when you, oh. you got to get do some whittling. The tea. There you go. So, <laughs> all right, with that, what are we talking about today, Rich? Uh, because of the fireplace, HVAC. Oh, how uh, do we heat this place? Mostly furnaces, to be exact. Okay. But okay, we're gonna heat our we're gonna heat our little cabin here. But we can do it with a right. fire. We'll talk, we, I think we're gonna talk about AC in another segment. Yeah, we'll have to do that another some show. other time. Yeah, that'll that's that's a whole different animal there. Right now, we just want to heat our cabin up, and you know we can light a fire. But then you got to keep feeding the fire. You got to cut the wood. I think there's more efficient ways to do it, and uh, hopefully we can cover some of those options on how to heat your home today. Cool. Well, just like that. Wait, there, this cabin's too old. How, where's the phone? Where, where's the phone? Hey. Yeah. Oh, who's that? Hello. Who's Hello? that? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> John. So if we're not talking about VAC, HVAC, we're just talking about H today. Correct. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just the H. <laughs> so, so John just knew we were talking about heating. So he's like, I'm not even giving these guys a chance to start their topic. I'm calling in right now to save their ass. That's that's what it, that's what I think just happened. <laughs> we, we can talk about V ventilation, okay, and AC some other day. Okay. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, because I know Ron and I, we can skip over anything in hour hour and a half. So sure. we'll just stick to heating. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're, we're we're trying to tighten it up here a little bit. You know, you can join us on Facebook Live right now, YouTube Live, Periscope Live, brought to you in part by Mr. Floor. And wherever you're watching, click on the like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when we hit the air. Podcasts and preview shows are available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. And if somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich, how can they do that? You want to run right over to MightyHouse.net right after you're done watching the show. Okay. MightyHouse.net. Go to the Contact Us page. All we're looking for is your first and last name, your email address. Scroll on down and click on Boom Done. Just like that. No junk mail. Just a newsletter once a week. And maybe a way to enter a contest or two. Which, by the way, we have the, do you have the, we don't have those pictures of the Lockley Locks, do we? They're uh, uh, fuzzy. I do. Do you have one? We have, uh, last week's giveaway was a Lockley Electronic Lock. One of these babies. And right here is everybody that. that, here. Everybody here. Yep, yep, yep. And um, we're going to draw a winner at some point. 
right now. Let's do it right now. I got the bag. Want to do it now? Let's get it over with. Hey, Rich. How I know about you, you want me to draw, me? but I just can't reach. Yeah, get, go ahead, Rich. Try it. There you go. <laughs> you got one. You, you got one. Okay. Let's see. Nope. Nope, you didn't get one? I missed. You mi Oh, here. Okay, well, then I'll, I'll do it. There's too many in there. Okay. There's too many in there? All right. You ready? Actually, it looked like I had my hand in there. But I know. It, it, it was good. All right, let's see. Let's see who the winner was is for this. And uh, we're just going to have Lockley send it out to you directly. Jim M. Hey, congratulations. Jim M. You Jim are the M winner. Jim is the proud Yay. winner of a Lockley digital lock which the key feature is you see the numbers there in the display yep those are random order they constantly change so whatever your number is you have to keep hitting the buttons in a different way yes so nobody can memorize is, the button push that way somebody looking over your shoulder just can't see you hitting one one three three one because that moves around right oh, but that gets, but that does get you in in rich's garage just so you know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Congrats, Jim M. <laughs> All right. Good job, Jim. And uh, if, if you want, you never know when we're going to be giving stuff away. So you got to watch the newsletter and uh, you'll be able to pick something up. We've got plenty of stuff here from, uh, from uh, Klein Tools also. So you never know when we're going to give something away. Keep an eye on that newsletter. Again, and if somebody I've wanted been a told newsletter. I need to clean the garage. So there just might be some 57 <laughs> Chevy parts available too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Back to the show. There we go. Okay, so for for heating, we're just going to talk of different types of heating, and obviously the fire that was behind us in that fireplace—that's the way you used to heat the place. Um, at some point, they started boiling water and creating steam, and sending steam out to heat uh, heat the building, but. They weren't just heating buildings with this. At some point, there, I think, don't they heat like entire blocks, John, with uh, with just yeah. steam? And there's still situations where they do do that. Um, it's a, it's a very efficient way to move steam. Um, it can be uh, steam as soon as it starts for less than a minute. He already said do do. I know he said do do. He did. Oh. <laughs> he did. <laughs> that's what you guys are taking that's away from joke, this. Robbie. Yeah, so far, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what we got out of this. That steam was great, but doo doo was what he said. So that's as far as we went. Yeah, it, steam okay. can travel sixty miles an hour when it's, when it's fully heated. Uh, it, it just flies through, and so it's it's really good for doing whole city blocks and stuff like that. But there was a lot of other issues with it, um, with with leaks and. Uh, it's just a whole, uh, whole mess of things. But as far as a single home, uh, steam was a, a pretty efficient way to heat things. Right. And, um, but, and that's when but, you walk in a basement and you see the pipes that are coming and they, they're really, they're all head knockers because yeah. they start high at one end of the basement. And by the time they get to the boiler, they're a lot lower. So, right. And that one, that radiator you had there was a one pipe steam, meaning that the, the, uh, the steam, uh, goes out in the pipe and then the condensate actually goes back through the pipe if, um, and that's where you get a lot of knocking if it's not designed or if there's issues with it right you, you hear everybody complaining about steam hammer and that's mm -hmm. one pipe is, is known for that and then the vent um ron behind you there yeah this right here the vent right is something that um, will vent air until the steam hits and then it'll stop venting 
but when those vents break, there'll be uh, hissing steam continuously, or they won't work at all, and then you have a cold radiator. Okay. Mm. So because of all these irritating issues, uh, they decided they'd just start running some um, hot water through them completely, right? And then they circulate oh, hot water? Back, back, back up just a little bit. They, there's two pipes steam, too. Oh, is there? So, okay. Steam would come Not up. on my more. script. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, so that's fine. Two-pipe steam, I'm going to assume, is then your steam, and then you're replacing the vent with the condensate drain? That's good. Exactly, yes. Uh-huh. And it's coming back to the water. You still get uh, you still get knocking if it's not done right. But, again, it's a very pretty efficient thing. And a lot of high-rise buildings are done because, again, it, it's flying at 60 miles an hour. Um, or can, you know, up to 60 miles an hour. So things How heat does up. It m- get motivated to 60 miles an hour. Does steam just moves like that, or is there a steam, pump involved? Steam just moves like that. Yeah. So there is no, no pumps. Pump. There are no pumps, right? There. Well, no, there's no pumps to move the to move the steam. Steam. Right. So just possibly the, the condensation. Flame. Yeah, flame is the pump. Right. So I mean, if you had a building without I had electricity, no idea. move that fast though. Yeah. I guess I learned something today. I'm done. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had a building with or before electricity, you still wanted to heat the whole building. You you had you you fed the boiler with some coal. You boiled up some uh, water, and the steam went flying through the building, and you heated the whole building that way. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah was I wasn't aware that's how that worked. That's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. How that many, was a great way to do this. How many uh, so they, stories can so, you get, John? With that with that? that pressure, with that sixty uh, miles per hour. How many, how many stories? stories can you get? Well, up to, but up to, I guess. Yeah. Like, well, like bring out your I, slide rule and unless size this. I'm not 100% this sure tank about this, and, this, or the big Willie or Sears Tower is heated by steam. Wow. Okay. So, and a lot of high rises and things like that. So you can, you can. It's pretty unlimited what you can do with it, that's um, and that's the the versatility of it. That is beautiful, and yeah. and that's that's a system that's hundreds of years old. It's <laughs> still working today, and and uh, and and is is the most efficient way to heat in certain instances, which is pretty cool. It, it, yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you got next up? And there then the next. Me? Look at Go that. Go ahead, Ron. That is just a beautiful Ooh. radiator. I just liked that picture. Yep. That that so Ron, yeah. Is that forged that, or, is that or cast iron? Hot water. That was is that hot water or steam. That was. Um, I believe it's hot water, because right, there right you there's go. your vent, right there. That's there's your bleeder that. valve. Yep. Yep. So but that doesn't look like the dime vent. <laughs> that one. The dime vent. Coin. I would call that because you could slip a dime in there to a, open or yeah. close it, right? right? And that was to that that one has a, out. that one. You've got that's a key. A key vent. Oh, look at yeah. that! Fuzzy's even got one on his key ring. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> so that's but, a now this one. Is hot water. This is circulating hot water. You have a boiler, and now you're pumping hot water throughout the house, through the pipes, out to the radiators, and then back down, back to the boiler, correct? But now, previous, before that, to take the next step back, there's there was a, um, uh, a system where it just used heat. Um, they, they were great big pipes. They were like four-inch wide pipes that were, again, kind of like with the one-pipe steam, it would uh, the heat would travel up the top of the pipe and down the bottom of the pipe, and that was uh, that was a convection type system, and that was uh, <coughs> four were readily available, and again that was you had to heat it up to really high temperatures, 
and then uh, it would circulate on its own. And then they came up with pumps. Hmm. Got so, it. And, and then the pipes got smaller after that. Uh, and well, and they had to do more with the advent of electricity in the first pump, right? So then they could downsize yeah. that and get the hot water heat, the hot water pushed through everything. Exactly. And then you didn't have to heat it up quite as much to uh, get it to circulate as well. So that's that was a an efficiency thing as well. Excellent. Yeah. My grandmother had them just like that. And she said, "Don't touch them; they're hot." <laughs> now I know what hot means. Yep, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. So and then, oh, oh, so now Bob, there's check another. this out. Touch this. Yeah. So there's another <laughs> one the there brother. that's underneath a window. Again, that's you can see the pipe right there. It's going down in the floor. There's probably a pipe at the other end. Does the same thing, and that's just a cast iron radiator that you know is. Uh, circulating hot water pillow there yep typical cast iron radiator they're great they're really it's a it's an uh, amazing efficient way to heat is it not it's it's it is an amazingly efficient way to heat um because heat um water transfers is able to hold heat better than air uh-huh and so it's, it's able to bring it up to this to the area that needs heated to be heated and then transfer the heat at that point Right. And so uh, it's it's a way more efficient way to do it than uh, typical scorched air. Scorched <laughs> <laughs> air. Yeah, we're, we're coming up on those. <laughs> we're 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 go, coming up on scorched air later. Okay, so oh, here's another one. Now okay. this. Oh yeah. Awful this, it's a looking. baseboard heater. Yeah, this yep. is fin tube, right? Yep. The, the, and so yep. um, that just has a copper tube running through it, and it's got all these little metal uh, pieces on it to help. Uh, pull the to help pull the heat off of the pipe, and so you've got hot water circulating through there. Not a very efficient way to get heat to things, I don't think. John can correct me on that, but um, it does work, and it is another option. It's still it's still fairly efficient. It's not quite as good as a cast iron radiator. It doesn't hold the heat as well. So one of the issues you have is somebody wants to put an addition on their house, uh -huh. and you've got all this beautiful cast iron radiators. And then the, the hack uh, heating guy or the carpenter uh, contractor decides we're going to save a few bucks and we're going to put this in combined with those cast iron radiators. Uh -huh. Those rooms will never heat properly because these heat they, they lose their heat immediately, whereas the cast iron radiators will hold the heat for long periods of time. Uh, the other thing is to get enough heat in these things, you have to heat the boiler up to 180, 190 degrees. Whereas the cast iron radiators, you could be at 150, 160 degrees, and they would be. So it's so it's way out. It, it throws it out of balance. And so we run into these every day, where we uh, have situations where um, the rooms are uneven because of the different types of heating, uh, uh, the convectors. Right. Yeah. So selling uh, that as a hybrid system, not a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, because you can get the cast iron uh, radiator still, you know, putting in salvage places yeah. and things like that if you're doing an addition on an older home. And I'm sure, do you they can. still make cast iron radiators? They do. It's it's extremely expensive, but it's a wonderful heat. Yeah, um, yeah no, I've the, been in houses with hot water yeah. heat, and I mean, it's it's amazing because you don't have that dry nose and, you know, it's just not, like you said, scorched air. Yeah. So now, yeah. could yeah. you take, the, if you had some of these... <laughs> Uh, could you run these through a separate uh, pump system and a separate thermostat 
so that now you're circulating different water and blend it so that this is like running on a separate system off the same boiler to try and sure. balance all that? Like I said, there's ways to do it. Okay. But it's, um, and Cost in a lot of cases, you're better off putting that cast iron instead of putting in the, um, putting in the, the copper pin too. Got it. Okay. Um, but again, yeah. if I was doing, let's say I had a small house with two or three radiators in it and I was doing a huge addition, then I could pull the cast iron out, put all fin tube in, and then adjust everything to still be matched. Right. Sure, you could, yeah. yeah. Still or less you, efficient, as you said, but it takes up less space. Controls. Yeah, different controls or different piping. And then I see what we've got as the European radiator there. Yeah, this, this was, I think this was rental. Um, yep. A lot of times we'll put these in bathrooms or, or limited space. Uh, people like to put looks those like a in headboard. bathrooms. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a headboard. They're, they're great. They're really great. Um, they're a little on the expensive side, uh, but they're um, they're stylish. Uh, you know, they're easy to match the 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 decorating the house, um, and they do put out a lot of heat. So they're these are more um, acceptable with working with that cast iron. Got it. They, they, yeah. Got it. Okay. And so then, are these just more surface area to heat up as opposed to a copper tube with aluminum fins on it? So it's getting a little hotter or better transfer of the heat? Yeah, there's a little more mass to it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. What do you got next for us, sir, Fuzzy? Oh, my favorite. Oh, radiant floors. I love radiant floors. You know, my whole house <laughs> is radiant. And uh, it is the most comfortable heat. Uh, it's the, the entire house is. is even and comfortable. Um, we could keep the thermostat at, um, say, 68, where you normally want to keep it at 72. Right. So, and, and the, the floor is warmer than the ceiling, which is the exact opposite in many situations. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I, I would have to agree, my garage, I love being in my garage in the winter. It's nice and warm. Well, it could be 20 below, and you can walk around the garage yeah. barefoot. Yep, yeah. yep. Your wife likes you. I think your wife likes you to be on your garage, too, I believe. Well, yes, she does. She, she, makes, <laughs> she locks me out there a lot. Just go to your garage. Leave me alone. So, you know, oh, I, I can go out oh. there, and, and uh, it is by far the, my favorite heat in the house, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And, and that picture is not super clear, but that looks like it's one of those uh, foam base layers that the tubing is snapped into. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so there, there's come a long way. I mean, I think the first system I did like that, we did over a wood deck where we had, you know, U-shaped staples and we put all the tubing down. Then we poured an inch and a half of lightweight concrete over the whole system. Yeah, that's the way my house is done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we didn't have these cool little snap-in grids at the, back then. Right. So, Well, and these are usually reflective on the bottom. They have foil back. So then you have a radiant barrier so that you're not pushing it down. You're actually forcing that radiant heat back up right yeah a little bit more efficient so now mm -hmm. this and this has to be evenly spaced this isn't just a willy-nilly thing you guys got to plan this out when you're getting ready to do this correct it's not yep. it, there, there's a lot of planning that goes into this system there's a lot of planning and design and and one of the things that i like to try to do is put a little bit more at the outside walls than in the center right um, um one a couple of reasons for that is that a lot of times the exterior walls that's where people will put in dressers and things like that over top of it. So you sort of have to compensate for it. Right. And, uh, but that's where so, the heat sink is, is mostly going to be, too, with concrete. You're, you're going to have the heat yep. loss to the outside, so you want to make sure you're, you're balancing that correctly. Is this the same yeah. kind of system you'd put in your driveway to make sure that the snow stays off of it and, and things like that? 
Yeah, you could. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we've done uh, uh, quite a few driveways like yeah. that, and it's uh, wonderful to drive past it and uh, yeah. and see the, the <laughs> snow's all gone. The only thing is, I mean, it's kind of expensive to operate a yep. uh, heating driveway. Yep, and it's not a small boiler then either, is it? Oh, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you got for us next there, Fuzzy? Okay, so here you go. Here's the two different types. Um, over by Rich there, he's got a slab on grade, so you got the slab and then the tubing's in there, and then you pour your concrete over it. Um, in this mm -hmm. case, you've got your wood flooring yep. and then uh, the tubing, and you can pour concrete over it. Now, what's the concrete doing, uh, John? Is that is that uh, just holding the... The tubing down, or is that a thermal mass? What's the whole purpose of all that? It's a great heat sink. It's a thermal mass, and so it, it helps. Uh, it's it it doesn't heat up real fast, but it holds the heat for a long period of time. And so it's whether you're it's right on slam on grade or over the over flame uh, a, a a frame floor. It's important to make sure that it's insulated properly, like uh, Rich was talking about. The heat instead of the heat going down, it's going up where you want it. So that's part of the design process is to make sure that uh, you don't you don't want to be heating the the ground. Uh, you know, um, so if if it's insulated, it's going to all reflect up. Right, right, and it, it's good to have just constantly be adjusting your thermostat up and down all the time for these. Right, they they work really uh, yeah, right. well that way. Leave it alone. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no, in, in my opinion, uh, there's no energy saving in, in turning back a thermostat uh, a lot in a, um, in a radiant system. You just leave it alone. Uh, maybe if you want to, if you like cooler at, at night, you can lower it a couple of degrees, but it's not going to save you any energy because once you get that heated up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep... It's going to keep yeah, going. It's going to take yeah. six hours to cool down. So two hours before you get up, it'll be the temperature that you move it back to. Right. And then exactly. spend four hours yeah. heating it up again. So, yeah. you know, you, you just end up on this seesaw. Whatever, so yeah, yeah, you end up on the that. seesaw. That's crazy. So uh, yeah. I, I, I set my garage and I leave it alone. It's at 64 degrees yeah. all the time. So yeah. Larry on and that's Facebook. a comfy temperature for working in the garage, no doubt. Okay, hold on. Hold on, uh, guys. Go ahead, Fuzzy. Larry on Facebook says cast iron baseboard. Yes, is the I way did, to go. I, I did. I did forget to, to, to get one of those. Um, but again, you've got good thermal mass with a cast iron baseboard, um, mm -hmm. but you may not get the square inches of space exposed to the air to be able to heat efficiently. Is that also correct, John? That's right. And so, in a lot of cases, we we would if we can. Um, where somebody spec or we, we might have uh, copper fin tube, if we replace it with uh, the correct amount of cast iron um, baseboard, then we can heat properly, uh, and, and you won't have those swings like you do. Right, John. And, which and so is a, there is one hundred percent correct. Cast iron baseboard is great. Which is a better heat sink, the cast iron or the concrete? Well, it's a it's a different animal. So, um, if you can think of a radiant floor as being a, in a huge radiator, where you know you're never going to be able to get um, uh, 150 or 250 square feet of um, heating, so so you're going to need a lot less per square foot uh, when you're going to be doing the entire floor. So you can keep the temperatures much lower. So that's going to be much yeah. more efficient. 
Yeah. So, yeah. so we are radiant for the cast iron radiators right out there under, you know, out at the window, about windowsill height was the height of it. It might be three, yeah. four feet long. Um, but if you went to the opposite side of that room, it would be noticeably cooler where the yeah. radiant, because the whole floor mass is allowing heat to rise radiate up the whole room will feel more consistent go to the next picture yeah. there fuzzy yeah. if i remember correct oh nope i, I we oh. got one more go ahead go ahead go to the next one because there's also oh there you go this is the one you want this is the oh, one yeah. that's it <laughs> it's warmer at the floor than it is the ceiling right where with uh with scorched air it's it, it, <laughs> it, you have to get you have to get up to really so take it you're a huge fan of forced air heat whether it's I, electric I or gas we put it in all the time, but I much prefer hot water. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, you, you get much uh, hotter rises. Yep. So and, you, uh, you can see right there, it yep. comes out at 110, it hits the ceiling, it's going down, it's the 95, 90, 74 as it's falling, and then it's back in the 50s getting sucked back in the return, going back to get heated again so that it can come out at 110 on the other side of the wall. So there's exactly. constant, yep. and now you also have all this air movement. So it actually feels colder because you have all this air flowing around and moving around in, in the room. There's yep. there's no air movement here. The whole the whole thing's whatever it is, 65 degrees, and uh, it's perfect all the time. Yeah. So the nice thing too here is if yeah. like if Absolutely. I open my garage door and I close the garage again, it's right back up. The the air temperature yeah. comes right back up. It takes a couple minutes, and the garage is just as warm as it was. Yeah, with the forced air, you have to reheat all of every cubic foot of air. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or there's remove yeah. the cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, go back up one there, fuzzy. Let's just. I just want to double. Okay. So now, if if you have. Uh, wood framed flooring and you you want to put tubing in they make this product and um i'm not exactly sure what this one was called let me see if i got it that uh, looks like warm floor okay isn't it yep it's warm, yeah warm warm, warm, board. warm board yeah warm board so it has the radiant bar uh, barrier there and then you, you, you uh, on top of the wood and it's got a, another separate uh coating and then the tubing snaps down into the into the plywood have you used and this interesting thing about warm board is you you send your plans into the warm board they design the system around it and they send you out all the components right uh, all designed uh, that's that's it's a pretty neat neat company so and you know it's funny because you're showing hardwood going over that tubing the radiant heat will not shrink the oak floors the way forced air will because it doesn't dry the air and remove remove the humidity from the wood correct. Right. And, yeah. And well, it, not as much. <laughs> not as much. Yeah. It'll. Yeah. It'll dry just by raising yeah. temp. But the other thing with this is now you can you can uh, staple down the 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 um, flooring and and put it on the plywood. Um, but you, whoever's putting down this subfloor, make they got to know what they're doing and and making sure they're following the plan. That's not just turn it over to your carpenters and let them rock and roll because right. if, if that stuff's not right. Now you're out there with the routers and stuff trying to make interconnects so that you can still run all your tubing through there. Yeah. Larry says yeah. concrete runs at a lower water temperature. Yes. Correct, Larry. Right. Yes. Larry's correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
and and uh, all you H all you H guys are so pernicky. Uh huh. Yeah, George will be chiming in here shortly too. I'm sure. So well, if, if, if you're running, if you're running that floor at 180 degrees, you're going to wreck that wood floor too. So yep. You definitely want to not comfortable uh, on the feet either. No, it, that's yeah, hot. No, uh, <laughs> that's hot. That's like walking on the beach, you know, in in uh, the hot sand. So you don't yeah. want that. Whether either. it's concrete or whether it's warm board, you you want to have a proper water temperature to go over that wood floor. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. so can, I don't know if you can tell, but we're really big fans of hot water radiant heat. I don't, you know, yep. when it comes down to how do you heat your your building, without question. Radiant heat's the way to go. My, we love it. My favorite. But we'll bonus save the for AC for another show, but yeah. we'll have to do a tie-in because <laughs> it's always been the drawback to in-floor radiant heat. Yes, was it doesn't do me any good in the summer. Nope, none whatsoever. So we will talk about that in another show. How to properly install air conditioning in your homes because you can use a number of different systems that don't have to be as involved as ductwork and yeah. air handling. Exactly. Okay, so let's go. Let's go past the the that one. There's your difference. Okay. Let's go to John's favorite, the uh, yes. scorched air. The air furnace. So <laughs> now you can get a forced air furnace, and you're you're heating with electricity. You're heating with propane or or natural gas, um, whatever you're heating the air with, and then you've got a, a blower down here in the bottom of your furnace that's just forcing the air past there, and now you're distributing that air throughout the house. Did I get it right? right? You, you got it right. No, okay. You didn't do anything wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> that is your return. The manufacturer-supplied yes. filter. Yes. There you go. Get rid of that and put a decent filter on. Yeah, but that one's made to keep the rocks out. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You're Maybe cats. A towel. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm dissing forced air a bit. But a properly designed forced air system should be efficient and quiet. But I think the, the, the figures out there, are about 90% of most forced air systems are oversized with undersized ductwork. So they're mismatched. And so they're, you're trying to force a whole bunch of air through a small ductwork. Yeah. yeah. And that's when it gets noisy, it gets inefficient, it's... it's uh, it's not balanced it's properly. And ductwork expands. Um, there's many issues with that. Yeah. Um, dehumidification is uh, suffers. So, but a properly designed system can work great. Okay. So we've got the forced air systems, like I said, um, and and then you, you've got all these different components. You've got to be serviced and stuff, just like anything else. What do we got next up there, Fuzzy? Okay, so this one, just a standard 80% efficient, yep. which is this vent right here, and that's just going out, that flue, and the gases are, uh, are going up the chimney, or they go up through that B vent, out through the roof, and um, that's probably, would you say that's the most common furnace that, that you would well, run into? Yeah, it's, and, and it's um, an 80% uh, efficient furnace used to be considered high efficiency, um, from about the um, uh, early 70s on through, you know, 10 years ago. And then they came up with 90, 90 plus percent efficient furnaces. Um, so the flue temperatures uh, for an 80 percent efficient furnace are anywhere from four to 600 degrees. The old furnace previous to that, a natural fired gas furnace, 
they were um, seven, eight, nine hundred degrees. Oh, so you, you can imagine that's all going wow. up the chimney. That's all wasted heat. You're just yep. right. you're just sending out to the to heat the world. Yeah, they were. They might have been rated at seventy percent efficient, <laughs> but they were probably more like forty percent efficient. So that's you know uh, sixty cents of the dollars going up the chimney. Wow. wow. Okay. Why doesn't that go through the vents? That seems hotter. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you don't want the uh, flu products to go through the vents. Right. Or else it might die. So, so that brings you to your 90-plus efficiency, which that, is where they use that hot air and condensation to you got, they reuse the it before it goes out. Exactly. So there. Look at that. The, look at that pretty installation, John. Look at Ooh, that. nice looking job. Yeah. See? Really nice looking. Um, those, the... Plastic pipes, uh, you're looking at anywhere from about 95 to 120 degree flu temperatures. So you're you're capturing almost all of the heat that's produced by that furnace is going into the home. So uh, what, now what's the cost difference from this 90% or down to the 80% like right there? What are your cost difference for uh, purchasing that? You know, with uh, today's furnaces um it's it's nominal the biggest cost is is the labor to put the furnace in so but that, um, that's gonna is that gonna change with uh the 80 percent to a 90 still still it's, the same it's, bit, it's it's a bit more work i mean you have to run those pvc fluids oh, which take right, right, right. a little more um but other than that it's i mean it's basically the same box that's going in there right uh, again the key is you know i i the key is design. We have customers that will have use the low cost person or um, somebody that's advertising a lot to put in the furnace. Twenty nine ninety five. We install it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the bills go up because right. it's not designed properly. So we go in, and sometimes we even had a couple of jobs in the last ten years. Where we ended up ripping out a brand new furnace and putting in the properly sized furnace in because the customer was noisy, so, uh, high utility bills, um, there were there were comfort issues. Right, and so, and and the way the, uh, the the guys that are just slapping changing furnaces, if you tell them you've, your house is cold, well then they just look at the furnace and give you a bigger one. They don't really look at why your house is cold. They just go, okay, bigger hammer. And they just right. keep, and so that's happened. If you have a eighty-year-old house, it's happened two, maybe three times. So now you've got this huge furnace <laughs> that's that's you know trying to blow through a straw of ductwork that is not designed for all of that. Absolutely, or or it's hundred-year-old ductwork that wasn't designed for for uh, heating and air conditioning. So right. yeah, there's a lot of considerations there. Right, right. So the other thing I wanted to kind of point out here too. This is why I liked about this picture is that. One of these pipes does what, Rick? Uh, uh, John, one of these pipes does what, and the other does what? Okay, one is exhaust, and the other is bringing air back into the furnace for combustion. So from it's outside. not using any of the room air. From outside. Um, from out, Directly from outside. Now, how many times do you walk into a house and you see that that air intake is not hooked up and not piped outside? Well, you know, it's... We're only... About two to three percent efficiency uh, doing it that way, and there are certain cases where it's advantageous to do that. Um, uh, if if uh, the people don't really consider it, is let's say the exhaust is in a corner somewhere, 
Okay. Um, next to a chimney. And then, so there's no way to bring in, in incoming air into that furnace efficiently um, so that um, if, if you've got both pipes in there, it's bringing the exhaust right back into the furnace again. Got it. So that's one of the reasons that that gets done uh, where that's one pipe. Um, the downside, though, is if you're sucking air from inside the house for your combustion air, yeah, then you're going to create a negative pressure in the house, so that makeup air's got to come through old windows, doors, sills, holes in the rim joists. So you're still bringing in outside air, yeah. but you're not treating just, it. So you're not treating it. You've got to figure yeah. out a way to do it. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's, there's, um, ideally, it's two pipe like it is. Uh, that's a really nice job that they did there. But yeah. um, there are issues, and there are times when it's not possible to do it or it's not advantageous to do it. So one other item is like in the city of Chicago, if you live downtown uh, or if you're in one of the Chicago bungalows and you have those little gangways, you <laughs> see a, a lot of a lot of HVAC guys just punch that through the side right into the gangway. Um, but it, that's not that's not uh, up to code to, to vent through there or to vent uh, or it's to get fresh kosher. air through there, right? It's not kosher. It's you're supposed to have 10 feet between buildings minimum. Okay. And how far away but, from a window? Um, you, you know what, Ron, you got me on that. <laughs> I think it's, hey. I want to say five Woo! to six feet. Six feet? <laughs> I'd say five, but yeah. Okay. Five to six feet yeah. away from a window also. You don't want to be venting out yeah. and then have uh, somebody has their window cracked and now you got carbon monoxide getting sucked back Why, into the house. Why, that's free heat. But, yeah. That's free heat, right? You open the window and it's hotter, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You so, maybe five or six feet away from your window, but not a, not away from their window. So, if you live in the city of Chicago or you live in a city that has tight gangways between the, the housing, uh, the buildings, you vent to the backyard or the front yard, or you go up through the roof, and that way yeah. you're you're venting properly, you're you're uh, gaining your makeup air. From the from the right areas and also, now, I worked in one village where when they when the high efficiency first came out, they would not allow sidewall venting. Their code still required you to go up through a chimney, and they didn't take more than a couple of years to change it. But we had to do basically condensate drains at the bottom and deal with the because oh yeah, there's too yeah. much moisture in there. Yeah, it won't yeah. make it up through the roof. It drips back down. And it pools, so you have to have a drain in the bottom of the vent, and then now you've got caustic water. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty crazy stuff, but yeah, well, it just not your normal heating stuff. Well, so, so, so you you touched on something, um, Rich, about the difference between an eighty and a ninety. Um, whereas we're condensing we're condensing the um, the flue gases, and that's how we're getting the extra 10, 15, 20 percent of efficiency is by capturing it's it's changing from a vapor to a, a, a water state and we're actually able to capture that and again like you said it's caustic water there's there's uh, all kinds of chemicals in there it's pretty acidic and that but that again that's how we're capturing it but then the early 90 percent efficient furnaces or some of the ones that are actually even produced today if they're not installed properly they can rot out very fast if uh, if the if they're not uh, perfectly level and the pitching's not just right. Um, and so that's, that's some of the things you have to consider when you're installing that as well. Okay. Well, I think that's what hurt the market. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the days when they first came out and most installers or most companies wouldn't even sell them 
Yeah. Cause they weren't really sure how they worked or they, you know, the service was iffy and then they were so much more expensive that a single service call would wipe out anything you thought you saved in gas or electric usage. But I can tell you for a fact that's changed. I mean, it's all we use is super yep. high yep. efficient stuff and it's just the norm and we don't yep. have warranty calls on it. Yeah. It's, it's great equipment now. And it doesn't matter. doesn't matter what manufacturer it is that that's out there right now um as long as it's installed properly yes so the last thing the other thing too is you can get a a box like this that doesn't take gas it is yeah you got it fuzzy you were perfect you were right Man. on the money i was pointing <laughs> in the right direction is electric heat and you could have electric heat elements uh do you do you want to even chime in on this because we we don't run into I it will. in my area i have electric strip heat in oh, my yeah, house yeah. okay i turned it on in july of 2013 to see if it worked <laughs> <laughs> then i bought the house and i haven't turned it on since so okay so now other parts of the country may not have any other option than electric heat they don't have access to mm -hmm. gas uh they don't have a propane tank so they're heating with electricity and uh what what's your opinion on that efficiency wise there john well, okay, so, um, Ron, only um, a few blocks from, from where you live, there's an entire complex that's all electric. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, uh, they, they don't have any choice. And so the, it's, it's expensive to operate. And so what, what we do whenever we can, if we've got the space, is we'll convert that to a heat pump. Okay. So that uh, okay. it'll, be, it'll be drawing, creating heat from the outside. Um, and that only during the really, really cold weather do those heating elements kick on. So that perfect segue there, John, perfect segue. Well, because, you know, honestly, Ron, and you know it, is that electric heat is 100% efficient. Correct. There is no loss, yeah. but you're, depending on your electric rates, it's still not cheap. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and it takes quite a bit to get, get the, the BTUs out of it that you need. So, mm -hmm. But in the case of a heat pump, that's kind of like the best of two, both worlds, is it not? It is. It's wonderful because it, it supplies your air conditioning in the summertime. And then in the wintertime, uh, if most of our temperatures are, you know, like, uh, what's the temperature today? Um, about 30 degrees? 34. <laughs> no, not pretty good. <laughs> 34. It, 34. Okay, so, so it might be it, the seasonal efficiency or the, um, I can't remember the name, the term for it. But it might be two the or three seasonal energy efficiency rating. The COP, um, I can't remember the, but it's the it's this the oh, heating the heat pumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And so anyway, it could be three to four hundred percent efficient, whereas a electric furnace is a hundred percent efficient. It's it's kind of a, um, it's not the most accurate way to say it, but yes, it's drawing air. It's going to cost you. Um, 20 or 30% less and in, than the... And of course, what Ron has up there is a is a air source heat pump, but you can have groundwater yeah. heat pump. Yeah. You can have yeah. well. You can have lake. Yep. You know, yeah. you, it's where you stick your tubing, where you're drawing your... <laughs> hey, 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 hey. That you're going to pull heat that. from or cooling from, so... <laughs> Careful where you stick your tube. That's but. right. You get in trouble for that, Rich. You should know that yeah, by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. So yeah, um, the air source heat pumps. There's ground groundwater heat pumps, um, and uh, it, it, with the 
Earth supposed to be, you know, in in our, in in the Chicago area, a constant of fifty two degrees. In Florida, it's probably a constant of what. 80? 74. No, I think our groundwater comes out at 74 degrees. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you can draw a lot of a lot of heat from that. You can draw a lot of uh, you can put a lot of um, of heat down in, uh, in the soil um, in the summertime as well. Right. So that's a right. really efficient way to do it. But you do need you need to have wells, and wells are not cheap to dig. So, but the but the air air source heat pumps, they they work pretty decent. And uh, go on go on to the next one there because there's a du couple different. No, back up. Okay, so I, I didn't. I th I was going to get one more because there's also mini splits, correct? Yeah. And those. Yep. Some of those you can run down into the twenties, correct? Oh no, to, yeah, you no. can. You can go down to uh, fifteen degrees below zero, and they'll still be producing heat. Okay. See. Yeah. So. So they're really, really efficient now, and and same same with the uh, standard air source heat pumps now are getting extremely oh, efficient. Are they okay? Yeah, that's part of the uh, without getting horribly technical, the inverter technology. It's a it's a compressor inside of it that uh, is is really uh, extremely efficient now, and it's uh, it's able to speed itself up and slow itself down as it needs to. Um, and uh, so that's what has made those things much more efficient. Okay, so now can we use a, a a heat pump to heat the hot water to circulate that through the house to heat the house, and then also use that same heat pump then to condition the air and blow that around the house in the summer and cool it off? Well, why don't you make domestic hot water while you're at it? Yes, we could do that too. Come on, John. You can do that. And actually have. They actually even just have heat pump water heaters. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Ream yeah. has one. Yeah, now. the hybrids. We use those. I use those for yeah. my 80-gallon tanks. Those things are cool. <laughs> They're great, yeah. So, yeah, you can. It gets a little more complicated when you're trying to get, you know, do it do it all from, from that source. But, yeah, there's ways to capture the heat that you're creating um, for, during air conditioning. There's ways you can capture the, the cooling um, and that. Again, there's some great new technologies coming out that'll that'll make. Actually, they're really old technologies, yeah. but now they're, yeah. they're getting more refining feasible. them. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's what I appreciate in my house is that same thing. I never run out of hot water in the winter, <laughs> ever. Now the, the whole the whole building can get freezing cold, but yeah. I, I'm still toasty in that shower. That's right. <laughs> that's what, Most that's people. It. That's you know I can oh, I can do without heat uh, I can do it without air conditioning but I can't do it without a hot shower. No, no. <laughs> I love right. my hot shower. That's right. And and John, you were talking about um, the core temperature being fifty two here in Chicago. If we were to capture that, how far deep do we need to go? And really, how long do I need to make that tube to make sure we get a good heat exchange? Because, I mean, I'm sure well, my neighbor isn't going to appreciate me digging <laughs> under their house. And, hey, I'm trying to cool my well, house no, you, do you can do horizontal or vertical. And, and, John, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I was told it was like you needed 150 feet per ton, and the first 150 didn't work. So if I wanted one ton, I'd have to have a 300-foot deep well. Two ton would be two 300-foot wells. But I don't know. know that was old school. But I, I, the... the from my knowledge of it, it's about 150 foot per ton. Now that's going digging deep. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. going go. Well, as far as horizontal goes, I, I don't think that's quite as efficient because you're only about five feet deep. Um, 
if, if you're going to go horizontal. So you got to dig up your whole yard, lay a bunch of tubing, and then cover it back with earth. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be quite as efficient as the, as the deep wells. Right. But if you lived on the um, end of a cul-de-sac with the retention pond that always had water in it, you could actually bury all the tubing in the retention pond and then have that run to the four or five houses on the cul-de-sac and use that all at once. Yep. Sure. Great. And then you'd have a skating rink. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's like anything like you opened out with, a, with the hot water heat. It has to be planned. If you plan for yep. it, you can do it. To retrofit those is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, yeah. Ron, you've done a couple of you know, ground source heat pumps where the guy had to bring out the drill rig and do some holes in the backyard. Yep. Yep. They, they've done them that way. And, uh, it works really well. My neighbor's got it. He absolutely loves it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, only when it gets really costly up front. Yeah. And, but his air conditioning bills in the winter, in the summer are nil. And, you know, other than when it gets really, really cold, he said, when it gets down into the, into the twenties and the teens, that's when his electric heat kicks on. And that's when he starts having to pay some bills. So, okay. uh, but prior yeah. to that, the rest of the year he does fine. He loves well, it. electric heat. Loves mm-hmm. that a toaster? Yeah, like a toaster with a fan on it. Yeah. Like, so and and even that air coming out of the ductwork it now is cold. It's not hot air like you would have coming out of a gas furnace. Okay. So it's a little different. But uh, with that, John, I appreciate you calling in and keeping us on track. Um, yes, we're uh, always we, a pleasure, John. We're we're running a little <laughs> long here, but I, I I had a good time with this topic, and I think it's fairly important, and hopefully people will find it interesting and and uh, keep following up with Absolutely. it. Absolutely, um, I look forward to talking with you guys more about the V. The, the V. Yes, ventilation <laughs> key, <laughs> which yeah. is probably the. Of uh, besides design, or it's part of the design thing that's the most forgotten aspect of our trade. Yes, and well, maybe when you get back in town, you can come in. You can bring in some uh, some pictures of some of your jobs, and we'll well instead of just using random pictures that I find on the internet, we'll go ahead and use some of your pictures and, and get those posted up here, and then we can show the differences and uh, go go over static air pressures and all that kind of fun stuff that really needs to be addressed. Excellent. So, well, good yeah. good talk. Yeah, I, I appreciate you calling in, John, and uh, you enjoy okay, your thanks, John. you enjoy your okay. the rest of your time down there. So, um, hey, thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, so again, if you want to follow us, you can you can we do this every Wednesday night from uh, seven until we get tired of talking, um, or until Fuzzy tells <laughs> until us to shut up, which is what he's been doing tonight. <laughs> Fuzzy's like, okay, that's enough, cut it off, you're done. So, um, that's good. Podcasts and preview shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. And if somebody wanted a newsletter, Rich, how can they do that? Get over to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page. First and last name, email address, click on Boom Done. And uh, Robbie's going to be back no next mail, week. Just a newsletter and chances to win certain things, like Jim M. Yes. Just won a Lockley passage lot or hey, private entrance lot. Yeah, he did. So uh, Robbie's going to be back next week, so the, the wheels will be off the train next week. You forget it. We're done. So What are we talking about next week, you think? <laughs> Honestly, you know what? I didn't even look it up. You're going to have to pay I attention. I did look today, and I don't remember. <laughs> you should sign up for the newsletter. You sign up for the newsletter, and you'll find out what's going to be up next week. So with that. Go. Plus, there'll be a link to this show. Yes. In case you wanted to pass it on. That's right. All right. Have we? Did, did we do a two-minute thing here yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We uh, blew yeah. past Whenever it. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> All right, with that, for uh, Rich Calgill, I'm Ron Calgill. Keep it square and level. Until Until next next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's it, Wednesday. Wednesday.